What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Three Down Nation podcast powered by Jiffy Lube. He's Justin Dunk and I'm John Hodge. Today, we're discussing a potential $20 million payday for the CFL, Bo Levi Mitchell's comments on the XFL, and Nathan Rourke signing with the BC Lions. But first, Dunkster, Ticats owner Bob Young, Red Black CEO Mark Gowdy, and Riders head coach Craig Dickinson all came out this week saying their teams will play this season. Does that boost your confidence regarding the 2021 CFL campaign? It does slightly, and I say slightly because we have three teams there and not all nine. And the two key ones, as we've been talking about a lot on the podcast, buddy, the Alouettes and the Argos. And we're going to get to this item a little later, but the Montreal Canadiens are going to be allowed to have 2,500 fans at the Bell Centre as of May 28th. The Alouettes come out with a statement, but it was nowhere near definitive as Bob Young guaranteeing the Ticats would be playing. It didn't matter if it was going to be an intra-squad game. <laughs> and then Mark Gowdy joins him and says, well, you'll at least have to go through the Red Blacks. Dickinson, to be fair with the Riders, was a little bit softer, but he was saying that there should not be a lack of confidence in playing in 2021. I still think, personally, there is a long way to go. They still need sign-off from all the major cities, all of the provinces, and at the federal level. So to have that done in you know just a little over a month to get these guys to training camp so they can quarantine and do all the rest seems like a very short timeline to me to hit that August 5th date. I think you're being too pessimistic, Mr. Dunk. Yes, we still need provincial approval from Alberta, BC, and Ontario, but the reality is with the vaccines kicking up, and we're going to talk about this in our next segment about Scott Moe's comments from Saskatchewan, but I'm, I am I do. I do believe Young. I believe Gowdy. I believe Dickinson. I think that the confidence level going into 2021 should be high. 
we're we're in a situation where you know obviously the fans in in seats thing is an obstacle but if you're looking at the nhl playoffs right now all across the united states a lot of those arenas are at a high capacity some of them are full and if you actually go online and look up some of the vaccination rates in some of these states there are provinces ahead or if not ahead very close in and we're talking the third week of may to places that are fully open south of the border so i understand and appreciate that our leadership in canada is taking a more conservative kind of wait and see approach but to me that's a that's a really exciting thing the fact that the vaccination rates are are comparable yet we still got two more months plus to wait for the cfl regular season that's two more months just for the season, Hudge. You got to backdate that and look at how long it's going to take you to get all of the logistics figured out, signed off on, on the health and safety protocols, and then plan to get your guys up here. Like it's going to cost about a million dollars just to have all of the players and staff that you need to come up from the United States do their quarantine. Now, in an ideal world, the CFL doesn't have to put that money out because they're going to hope that it gets lifted, but... To me, you mentioned it. The key is that Canada overall, in terms of the government, is going to have a safer approach. Quebec, to me, is an outlier. They generally operate as their own independent body as it is. So the fact that they're allowing potentially, and it's only if it goes to game six, I think the Leafs might actually win the series in five, but (laughs) we're not a hockey podcast, so we'll stick to football. That's only if it gets to May 28th. And you talked about the vaccination rates. Well, The rollout hasn't gone the same in every province across the country. So to me, I'm confident that there's going to be some type of a season. It's just that August 5th date seems a little too close. Well, and and there's something in it that may or may not work its way into insider talk this upcoming week. But I didn't think that it was, uh, I'll, I'll just put it this way. I didn't think it was a coincidence that so many teams, especially in the East, right, with Hamilton and with Ottawa being the most bullish markets in the East Division, them coming out and maybe trying to stick it to a bully behind the scenes with those public comments. Hey, if you don't want to play, they might be saying to an unnamed team or two, then you got to come out and say it. Because guess what? Publicly, we're going to commit. We're going to say we're playing. Indeed, my man. And it's time to, I think, lift up the curtain and let's see who's for real here. You know, you want to talk about guaranteeing playing football. And I love what Bob Young did. And he even stated last year when we talked to him, we had the article up on Three Down Nation. It's still there. He admitted he would have much preferred to play in 2020. So let's just unveil it all and see who is actually for playing. Because to me, it spoke volumes that the Owls had a statement, but that their owner, Gary Stern, didn't come out and make a stronger declaration like Bob Young did. And you mentioned it. The other team is the Argos. We have yet to hear very much from them or Maple Leaf Sports Entertainment, more importantly, in terms of putting football on the field. So the key stakeholders are really showing you who wants to play and who maybe doesn't and dare I say that but it could hold back the season later this summer Hodge we're gonna fill that stadium Saskatchewan Premier Scott Moe said that as vaccinations 
continue to be the path to potentially full stadiums and, of course, mosaic. Is that actually going to happen in the summertime? I thought what Scott Moe said was brilliant, and I love and and full full transparency. I don't even know what Scott Moe's politics are. I just know that he's done a great job of laying out for his province and the citizens of the province of Saskatchewan. This is the breakdown of dates, and this is what we're going to get if we hit these goals. Because I know, speaking from from experience in Manitoba, a lot of people are frustrated with the open-ended nature of a lot of the restrictions that people have been under. Uh, we're recording this Thursday night. The most recent restriction is you're not even allowed to get get together with somebody from another household outside. We were already not allowed to do that outdoors on private property. Well, for the next week, we're not allowed to even do it on public property. Um, that being said, Saskatchewan, you've got a breakdown week by week Finishing on July 26th of people getting their second doses, uh, which I think is sensational. And if you look at the timeline, right, if the goal is August 5th, well, then you're getting needles and arms, second doses, that is, in arms, by a projection of July 26th. And this does not include the AstraZeneca vaccine, which may or may not be used as the weeks go on. So I think the projection makes a lot of sense. And we all know if you want to if you want to mo- motivate the province of Saskatchewan to do something, you just got to incentivize them with a, a rider game and they'll they'll rush to get her done. <laughs> the key for me, though, buddy, is that each province is different. You just mentioned Manitoba and the latest restrictions. You guys are in a lockdown in Ontario. We are still in a lockdown and it's a massive deal because, as you said, we're recording this Thursday night. Doug Ford, the premier, has just allowed golf courses, tennis courts, sports fields to reopen. So we're talking about that on a timeline of potentially having training camp with the number being bandied about is 100, which I can't understand. But let's say even realistically 75 players coming to a training camp and then potentially a football season being played. I just see that timeline is tough to meet because you have all of the different provinces in different spots. And Hodge, you well know what it's like. It's difficult to see, you know, Ontario and you're out in Manitoba, but I'll just speak for the province I'm in. Ontario going from a lockdown in June to playing football two months later in August. And obviously the schedule is going to be front-loaded that the CFL is working on if we ever get a finalized copy. But even still, those teams still have to operate within the province if they're going to have a training camp and practice and prepare to play. And that's all fair. I just think if you look at the states as an example and you look at the projected timelines, I mean, vaccination is the only way out of this thing. That's what the the experts have repeatedly said, and that's the point that I'm going to parrot here is – They've said we need to get needles in arms ASAP and the vaccination availability has skyrocketed uh, where we're, I know in Manitoba where we're doing first doses now for people uh, down to the age of 12 and second doses have started. I have my second dose appointment already, which is really exciting. And, uh, you know, the third wave, yes, it's raging really hard here in Manitoba. But I think with the vaccine uptake, those numbers will plummet. I shouldn't say I think that. I think that the expert projections are that, and that's what will follow in this instance, the experts. We got to take a very quick break, but we'll come right back. 
This episode of the Three Down Nation podcast is brought to you by the one and only Manscaped. This is your pubic service announcement, not public, pubic, and the news you've all been waiting for. The Manscaped engineering team has confirmed that they have successfully created the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, which is now available for purchase in the USA and, of course, Canada. This new trimmer was just released moments ago and we are one of the first to get our hands on it and share the news that's what we do at three down nation we break news join over two million men worldwide who trust manscaped with this exclusive offer just for you 20 percent off and free worldwide shipping with the code fansided20 at manscaped.com get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code fansided20 at manscaped.com if you didn't get me One more time, that's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code FANSIDED20. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Dunkster, you referenced this off the top. The Alouettes released a statement saying they are, quote, very encouraged, end quote, by the fact that the Canadians will be able to host 2,500 fans at the Bell Center as of May 28th. Is that a good sign for CFL fans who want to have their butts in seats come the start of the season? Potentially, and I don't really like the wording here. Very encouraged. We saw what Bob Young said. We talked about it off the top of the show. He guaranteed the Ticats were going to play football in 2021. If you're the Alouettes and you see the Canadians getting fans into an indoor facility as of May 28th, how are you not guaranteeing that you want to play football and that you'll have fans at Percival Molson Stadium in August or whenever it is that they kick the season off. I really think that date is going to get pushed back. But to be quite honest, this was soft. Very encouraged is the easiest thing they could have said. And again, I want to hear the owner, Gary Stern, come out and state that the Alouettes absolutely, without a doubt, want to play football and mean it. I'm sick of this doublespeak and some of these guys talking out of both sides of their mouths that we need to hear it and we need to see it backed up with action. Yeah, and I have talked to some people who feel like there's a lot of doublespeak behind the scenes in Montreal, partly uh, in reference to the 2021 CFL season and in part to the possibility, of course, of the CFL and the XFL merging. Uh, But that being said... I, I, I also do feel encouraged. I think it's a good thing that you're getting indoor fans, and that's a key thing because we know, of course, that the virus spreads a lot more easily indoors than it does outdoors. And so if you're you know, a public health official in Montreal, I think it's really tough to, to, to legitimize having 2,500 fans for an indoor sporting event and then two months later when the vaccination rates are way higher saying, oh, but no, for this outdoor event, no, we can't, we can't possibly have that many people. So I do feel encouraged, but I do also 100% understand where you're coming from, Dunkster. There needs to be more clarity in Montreal, and I want a commitment to play. I think all CFL fans should feel entitled to hearing that. And it's always important when we have these conversations, buddy, to note that hockey is by far the number one sport in this country. And when it comes to politics, 
people are always thinking, what's going to get me voted back in? So the fact that they're okaying that to happen for hockey is much different than football. That always needs to be tagged when we're having these conversations. Bolivar Mitchell said on the Bob McCowan podcast, shout out to the Bobcat, that a merger with the XFL would be, quote, an absolutely phenomenal thing, end quote. Hodge, I can hear you growling already. If it helped <laughs> grow the Canadian game, Bolivar Mitchell is about it. Do you agree? I think the key phrasing here is the Canadian game. What Canadian game are we talking about? Because I've been labeled by some people as an anti uh, XFL person or an anti-merger person and look people can call me what they want I don't really care uh, but what I do want to clarify is I've never been anti-XFL or anti-merger uh, at the face level what I am against is is two things one I'm against the degradation of the CFL uh, the CFL is deserving of criticism in certain regards uh, it is not an infallible league. It is not an infallible game. And the business model is far from infallible. I think the business model functions, but I think it functions kind of the same way that a beater car functions. It gets you through from one year to the next, but it's never something that you can really write home about. Obviously, the CFL needs to improve. However, I feel like the narrative surrounding the XFL business has been, well, this is the only way to save the CFL. And to that, I'd say, well, first of all, the CFL is functioning fine, especially with single game betting, which we're going to talk about soon. Coming in, the CFL's business model works fine. And secondly, you can't save the CFL by killing the CFL because if you have, let's say, eight or nine Canadian teams playing four down football with all American rosters right on small fields, you have not saved the Canadian game. You've actually killed the Canadian game. So to me, I'm not saying I disagree with Bo entirely. But what I'm saying is these XFL conversations have to be had in an honest way, accurately represent the situation the cfl is in because the cfl is it's looking to grow but it's not fighting for its life i have i've yet to see evidence of that and most of what you said there i believe is the tricky part of what the cfl has to do in terms of making these decisions because if it's not the canadian game that we know anymore three downs on the canadian field with 12 players on a side the bigger end zones all the rest then Canadians are going to just say, hey, why don't I watch the NFL? We've already seen it. Bo Levi Mitchell had said that he's all right with playing three downs on an American field because he believes it would be easier to convert the stadiums up here than it would be to the ones that are in the United States. But you start making those tweaks, and we saw the feedback on our social media feed, Hodge. It was going bonkers because then at that point, it doesn't become, as you said, the Canadian game. It becomes the Americanized version of the Canadian game. Yeah, very, very key distinction there in my view. The BC Lions officially signed Canadian quarterback Nathan Rourke after he went unsigned following minicamp with the New York Giants. What are your expectations for Rourke's CFL career? He's a Canadian quarterback, so naturally sky high, buddy. <laughs> the key in his contract, though, there are NFL outs after every single season, so essentially those workout windows. And the Giants gave him a lot of positive feedback. He literally caught every single 
pass during rookie minicamp. Not too shabby for a guy that's played quarterback his entire life. Now, you have to have good hands to catch those snaps and shotgun, but it's different when you're running down the field and, you know, potentially they didn't do too many one-on-ones, but when you got DBs in the way as well. So I think there's still a shot down the line if he develops further that he could get an NFL opportunity, and the Giants just didn't bring him in because he was a Canadian. That part was very clear. They've done that in the past with a lot of the guys for their rookie minicamp invites, but I think it was a much different situation with Rourke. So I really see him, if he's given the correct opportunity, actually, I shouldn't even say the correct opportunity, an opportunity similar to what American quarterbacks get when they come up here, then I think he has a chance to be a difference maker, a ratio breaker, dare I say, at the quarterback position. He put up big numbers at Ohio University in the MAC. There are plenty of quarterbacks that have come out of that Mid-American Conference in the NCAA to become stars or quality players, let's say, even quarterbacks at the NFL level. One of them, Big Ben Roethlisberger, played in the MAC. I'm not saying Nathan Rourke is going to have a career like Big Ben and win a couple Super Bowls or maybe on this side of the border win a couple Grey Cups, but it's a legitimate football conference, which gives me confidence that Rourke can make an impact in the CFL or even the NFL. Yeah, and and I think it should also be said that Rourke would probably be under contract in the NFL as a quarterback if he was five inches taller and, you know, 20 pounds heavier. Because at six foot one, 210, yeah, the NFL is more open to, let's say, smaller quarterbacks than they were 20 years ago. But Rourke, as much as he is also an athlete, he's also not like a 4-4 kind of guy. And if you're not, you know, that six five six six prototype and you're not a burner, you know, running a, a you know, a Justin Fields like 4-4, then uh, your your odds of getting picked up are 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 diminished. There's no arguing that. So I'm in agreement with you, Dunkster. I think he's already the second best quarterback that the BC Lions have under contract, and I really think that the sky is the limit for a guy who I agree should not be viewed as a Canadian quarterback, but simply a quarterback. Why? Because he he can stand on his own. Hmm. An estimation, we'll call it, from TSN indicated that the legalization of single-game sports betting could be worth approximately $20 million annually for the CFL. To me, it's hard to measure the impact until it actually happens. Nonetheless, how does that impact your confidence in the league's business model? Well, we talked about the business model a little bit. I've written more than I would even care to talk about this offseason about <laughs> the business model of the CFL. That being said... You know, I, I would almost if, if I were to equate the business model of the CFL to a house, you know, I think some people have talked about it like, well, the only thing you can really do with this house at this point is demolish it and build something brand new. And I, I don't see that. I think the CFL, if it was a house, it, OK, a lot of rooms need paint. There's some old, ugly carpet that needs to go. The living room needs a new set of curtains. And OK, there's a little crack in the foundation here that if left alone could be a big problem in five, 10 years, should probably be dealt with. Other than that, it's still a great house with great bones. That's that's kind of how I view the business model. And the fact that 20 million, and I've talked to people who think it's higher, honestly, than 20 million annually, could could essentially be brought in for, for little to no extra work. Let's not forget that Randy Ambrosi told the House of Commons Finance Committee that the CF, and, and we should also note, 
when painting the worst financial picture of the CFL possible, as well, we should also note, he was asking for money at the time. He said the CFL loses 10 to $20 million annually. So to me, if you're looking at that number and you're looking at this number from TSN, that $20 million figure, it doesn't take a mathematical genius to go, hey, that covers all your losses and then some, which means that without fixing anything else in that house we talked about, without touching the paint, without touching the, the, the curtains, without touching the ugly old worn out carpet, you're already making money. And then you go, oh, interesting. With BC and Montreal and Toronto in rough shape, what could happen to the CFL if they fixed even one of those markets? What about two? What if they got all nine markets hemming and hawing? Like the CFL, to me, the, the sky is the limit. In, in a certain regard, especially if they can make the most of this gambling money, which we know will flow as long as it passes in the Senate, which it is expected to do in the relatively near future. And imagine, Hodge, if they actually invested money into growing the game at the grassroots level, got those younger generations back excited about it or ingrained about it with a video game, we could have a real professional football league that makes money without having to join forces with a league that has played exactly one and a half seasons of football in the spring in the United States. Preaching to the choir, my man. There are several made-in-Canada solutions for what is facing the CFL. And again, if the best way to grow the game is a merger, hell, let's merge. Let's do it. But until I see evidence of that, I, I'm not going to follow this narrative blindly. I'm just not. I need, I need facts. I need evidence. I need data because I've been looking at it. I haven't seen the evidence yet. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, it'll be time for Hodges Heritage Moment. On this day in 2009, the BC Lions signed Travis Lule following brief stints with the Seattle Seahawks and New Orleans Saints. The quarterback did not excel during his first season in the CFL, passing for 11 touchdowns and 13 interceptions, and was dubbed by some fans as Lullaby Lule. That all changed in 2011 when he won the league's most outstanding player award after passing for 4,815 yards, 32 touchdowns, and 11 picks en route to a Grey Cup title. Lule fought injuries through much of his remaining career, but he remains one of the most popular passers in the history of the BC Lions. We now go to the three-minute drill powered by Jiffy Lube. The Ticats finalized their personnel staff on Thursday. Is that a good sign for the 2021 CFL season? No, because we had that a year ago and there was still no football in 2020. Ottawa Red Blacks receiver Jalen Saunders was in a scary car accident this week and was hospitalized following injuries. I've been told he's banged up, but it's not life-threatening. Do you think he'll be ready for the season based on what you saw? Well, I'm still waiting on a statement from the Red Blacks. We'll see when we get that. I hope the best. Prayers up for Jalen Saunders. The Toronto Argonauts signed first-round pick Peter Nicastro to a three-year rookie deal this week. Will he help them get better? I could see him playing and helping out that offensive line. So yeah, plus he's a Calgary Dino. Those guys tend to do well in the CFL. A group of Alouettes were vaccinated this week at Olympic Stadium. The Big O. Is that a big deal? 
I think it's a big deal anytime the city of Montreal gets anything for its investment in Olympic Stadium. And by the way, if our listeners want to make a great investment, invest in your vehicle, take it to Jiffy Lube, get your oil changed today, it'll have your ride humming. A potential ownership group consisting of Mark Woodall and Moray Keith is no longer interested in purchasing the BC Lions. What's the next step for that team? Find another owner, I suppose. I found it surprising that this group offered David Braley $14 million a few years ago, and he didn't take that offer. might have been the best one that they're going to get. Carolina Panthers head coach Matt Rule believes Canadian running back Chuba Hubbard, quote, can be really special in the NFL. Do you agree? Absolutely. He's in the best place he could be, playing behind Christian McCaffrey. I'm super jacked for what Hubbard can do. Last one, Dunkster. Washington head coach Ron Rivera wants to give Canadians Nelson Lacombo and Logan Bandy a second shot to work out with the team. How thoughtful is that? Very much so, man. It's rare to hear a head coach talk about players who are not on his team. So to me, it showed that Rivera, who has fought and battled cancer and gotten back on the sideline with Washington, is looking out for the best interest to at least give those guys the opportunity to be seen. Couldn't agree more, Dunkster. On that note, we thank you as always for listening to the Three Down Nation podcast. We'll see you next week, Thursday, for another episode. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.